Hey, welcome everybody to 715. This is our midweek service, and you are here for a master class in prayer. All of January, we're spending four weeks studying the great masters of prayer in the Bible to see what they can teach us about praying, building our relationship with God, communicating with him. Consider me your, your TA for the day. I'm your teacher's assistant, and I'm here to help us teach from the masters of the Bible. If you tuned in last week, you heard Pastor Sean Clemens teach on praying into God's will, praying God's will. Uh, He preached from John 17, the high priestly prayer. It's the longest recorded prayer that we have of Jesus recorded in Scripture, and he taught us so much about how Jesus prays God's heart and what God's heart is for us. And at the start of that message, he gave you some uh, his Our Prayer Cheat Sheet. You know, we're in school. And everybody in school has a cheat sheet, little notes that you keep to help you remember, maybe flashcards. Here's our cheat sheet for you. This is not comprehensive, but it should get you started in your walk of prayer this month. We pray God's will by praying God's word. We pray God's will by praying God's word. We believe that when we come to prayer, we're not trying to get God to agree with our will. We're trying to get ourselves to agree with God's will. And that the most powerful words we can offer to God is the word of God. So we pray God's will by praying God's word. There's my table. Look at that. The second one is this. We pray together. We pray together. Jesus promises us in Matthew that where two or more are gathered in my name, there I will be among you. Often our faith can lack if we're left to our own devices, but when we pray together with others, something happens in the atmosphere because Jesus joins us when we pray together. That's why all month we're having prayer labs right after the messages and prayer groups throughout the week for you to find community in others with whom you can pray, learn, and grow in your relationship with Christ as it, as it pertains to your prayer life. And the third one is this, we pray with perseverance. Because here's the thing, the devil hates when you pray. He hates when you pray. Why? Because stuff happens when you pray, because prayer works. Prayer deepens your intimacy with God. It grows you and things happen in the spiritual and things happen in the natural. So whatever the devil can do to keep you from praying, make you feel insecure, tell you you don't have enough time, tell you you're not worthy enough to start. Don't even bother. God's not listening. Distract you. Whatever he's going to do, he will do because prayer works. So we pray with perseverance. We pray when it's hard. We pray when it hurts. We pray when we don't know what to pray. We press into prayer. We keep in step with the Spirit because prayer moves things. So there's your cheat sheet. It's in the notes tab. If you're watching on Church Online, you can look at those, write those down, keep those with you this month as you press into your prayer journey with us. Um, so why, why are we starting our year off with prayer? It's a fair question. Um, in Luke 19, Jesus comes into the temple and he cleanses it. Cleanses is a very nice word for what he did, uh, which was he flipped tables and, he, and, he, and he, sh- he shouted at the people and he convicted them and he roared this phrase. He said this, he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. He doesn't say my house will be a house of preaching. He doesn't say my house will be a house of songs. He doesn't say my house will be a house of fellowship. It will be all of those things. That is the church. That is who we are. But he gives the specific label that my house will be a house of prayer. He doesn't call it anything else. So if we're going to be a house of prayer, if that is what Jesus has said that we are, then we want to start and step into and press in to prayer. And at some point, we need to stop learning and start doing. You know, we're going to do four weeks and four teachings, and then at the end of this, we're going to do a panel discussion just to, to make sure we answer some questions that you guys might have. 
But the reality is, too many of us want to learn about prayer or learn about fasting or learn about evangelizing or learn about whatever your discipline is, and very few of us want to actually do it. But prayer is something you learn by doing. And so we're going to teach about what, and today, King David is our instructor. So we thank God for King David. We're going to learn what King David teaches us about prayer. But the reality is, is as soon as this message is over, we're going to have a prayer call. And I'll be there with you. And we're going to put into practice what we've learned here tonight. Because at some point, we've got to stop learning and start doing. Because it's in the doing that this becomes real. We take ownership of it. We see God move in and through it. And now that might be daunting for some of you. You thought of a prayer call might just, just you're like, there's a 0% chance I'm doing that. You might have even said that. Like, definitely not doing that for whatever reason. But um, let me just encourage you that, that prayer is something all of us can do. No matter your age, your maturity level, how long you've been saved or not, how recently you prayed before or not, whether you feel like it's a gifting you have or not, all of us can pray. And I want to prove that to you. I've got a video I want to show you that proves to you anybody can pray. Check this out. Thank you for this day, and thank you for this night, and thank you for all of us, and thank you for the whole world, that we will always follow you in any direction. And, and even when we don't understand it, we still do what you say. In Jesus' name, amen. I did not rehearse that with him. I did not say anything other than, Logan, do you want to pray for dinner tonight? Come on. Anybody can pray. How great is that? I wish I could take credit for it. I wish he was reading. That's his heart, man. My son, he's four years old, but he has a heart of prayer. And what is he saying? He's just saying whatever comes to mind. He's acknowledging God. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this food. Thank you for the sun. He prays the craziest prayers. A couple weeks back, I was uh, doing their bedtime. And uh, you got to remember, so I'm not sure everybody who's watching tonight, but I know many of you are married or have children, uh, but if you can remember of when your children were young. I have three kids, four, two, and uh, five weeks old. And uh, if you remember when your kids were young, I know it changes over time, but bedtime is like, i just be honest, it's like the goal of the day for parents. Like that, if I can make it to bedtime, like, okay, we got it, man. We're so like, everything, okay, we have a moment to ourselves. Like, it's quiet. There's, we have some peace. We can actually, my wife and I can actually have a conversation that lasts more than 30 seconds. And so if you can make it to bedtime, it's like the end zone. And I was in their room after just, you know, a long day. My kids are great, but, you know, just a long day, man. It's a lot of stuff and all this. And, uh, and I said to Logan, I said, Logan, do you want to pray for us tonight? And you know, prayer is the last thing we do. Because once prayer is over, dad is like, no more talking, it's bedtime. No more talking, no more questions, it's bedtime. And so I said, Logan, do you want to pray? And I'm th- thinking, like, he'll pray a short prayer and we'll get to bed. And this is what he says. I wrote it down as soon as he said it. I walked out of the room. I was so stunned. And he's sitting there praying. I picked it up halfway. And he goes, and we just thank you, God. Even though we don't know what you're doing, we just trust you. And if you say something, we just know it's right. And even though we don't understand what you're saying, you're still great. And I'll be honest, I was in my flesh in the moment. I've reflected on it and I'll share the revelation. But in the, in the moment, I was like, I was about to say, Logan, don't you just want to pray for a good night's sleep and good dreams and go to bed? Like just, right, make it short, ask what you want. And I couldn't get the words out of my mouth before the Holy Spirit convicted me. He said, man, you ought to pray like that. You ought to just not come with requests to me and just spend a few minutes thanking me and acknowledging my character and saying things like, God, we don't know sometimes even what you're saying, but we know you're right. 
And God, if you tell us to go somewhere, we just, we just do it because, God, you're just great. And I wanted him to just say, God, give me a good night's sleep, give me good dreams, amen, so I could, I could be done. And God convicted me in that moment. And so we're going to talk about that tonight. Tonight's instructor is King David. Uh, he needs really no introduction. If you have the course syllabus, which you can download from the website, go get the course, course syllabus uh, for our master class. You can see an introduction on David. But David wrote uh, almost half of the book of Psalms. Book of Psalms is right smack dab in the middle. It's a book of prayer or songs. It is essentially the book of the Bible that teaches us to pray. And if you need a place to start to read the words that somebody else prayed to make them your own, go to the book of Psalms. We're going to be talking about it tonight. We're going to, I'm going to touch on a couple different themes through the Psalms, through David's Psalms specifically, and then I'm going to key in on one Psalm, Psalm 138. I'm going to read Psalm 138 now, and then we're going to back out and come back into it. So if you would, turn with me in your Bibles or click over to the notes tab or open up your phone or whatever you have in front of you, we're going to look at Psalm 138. This is a Psalm of David. It says this, I give thanks to you, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I sing your praise. I bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. On the day I called, you answered me, and my strength of soul increased. All the kings of earth shall give you thanks, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth, and they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty, he knows them from afar. And though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, it endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Holy Spirit, come and teach us tonight what you would have us learn so that we might enter into a deeper level of intimacy and relationship with you. We're looking at the Psalms tonight, the book of prayer. And I did some analysis on the book of Psalms. It's class. We're going to go to statistics class right now, okay? So how many of you hated math? Throw it in the chat. I don't know very many people that love math. I think most people I know hated math. So I was really wise of me to make this a point of my sermon tonight, really keep you guys engaged, right? But I want to do a little bit of statistics, a little bit of math. It's very easy math. I looked at all 150 Psalms. I looked at the first two verses of every single one of them to see how all of these psalms, all of these prayers started. Out of 150 of them, 65 of them begin, in the first two verses, they begin with words of praise or thanksgiving. Praise or thanksgiving, 65 of them. That's, that's 43% of all of the psalms, okay? So if there's 65 that begin, there's 85 that don't begin with, prayer, with praise and thanksgiving. Of those 85 of those 85 psalms that do not start with praise or thanksgiving, 53 of them end with praise or thanksgiving, 
which means that 118 out of the 150 psalms begin or end with words of praise and thanksgiving to God. That's 78%. Come on, math nerds. 78%. I'm a math nerd. I'm allowed to say that. 78% of the book of prayer shows us that we start or we end with words of praise and thanksgiving. And I think this reveals to us a really critical truth about our prayer life. I think it reveals to us something that we ought to know and we ought to write down which is this, that praise and thanksgiving is the key that unlocks our prayer. Praise and thanksgiving is the key that unlocks our prayer to God because these psalms, they begin or they, or they end with it. And many of us feel like prayer is a closed door. You know, it's just, you feel like you come, you come to God and there's just, like, how do I get God to answer this prayer? Like, how do I get him to do like, what do I need to say? And you just, the door is just locked. And you just, you like, you just, maybe you're puzzled. You're just, I don't know, what, do I need to like, okay, is there a rhythm? Do I, do I need to like yell? Do I need to be like, God, you're good? Or do I should be really humble? Or like, do I need to say something? Or like, do I need to use like Bible language? Or, and you feel like, like, like God said, knock and the door will be open to me. But like, what's the secret knock? Like, what's the code then? Because I'm knocking and I feel like the door's not opening to me. But I'm telling you that, that praise and thanksgiving is the thing that unlocks our prayer. This is why in the Psalm 100, the author writes, we enter his courts with thanksgiving. We enter his gates with praise. Give thanks to the Lord, bless his name. If you want to enter the, the gates, which is almost like the, the outer rim of the presence of God, we're going to enter that with thanksgiving. And if we want to enter in the court of God, the inner presence of God, we're going to enter into that with praise. So I believe without a doubt that praise and thanksgiving is the key that unlocks our prayer. It's the key that ushers us into the presence of God. So if you're not sure where to start, start there. You start there. Now, we have to, though, address the elephant in the room. Because it's true, praise and thanksgiving is the key that unlocks our prayer. But the elephant in the room is this. Man, we don't always feel like praying. Just be honest. Just be honest. You don't. You would say about yourself, most of you, I bet most of you would say, I probably need to pray more. Or I don't pray enough. And I think a lot of you would say, and hopefully that's why you're here tonight, I'm not even sure how to pray. I think a lot of us, it's, it's, it's okay, let me, let's just say, optimal scenario, I've taken time aside, God, I'm going to pray. And you say something like, dear Lord, thank you for this day. Notification on my phone, Twitter, Netflix, and you're just, and it's out, right? You're just like, I don't even know how to start. Like, what should I do? Like, what do I, where do I go? What do I need to say? Or I think for a lot of us too, and I know I felt this, you don't feel worthy to pray. Like maybe you just, you just were in your sin. You just were doing the thing that you know God is trying to redeem you out of, but you just turn back into it, whatever that is for you. And, and, and you, you come out of that and you're like, well, I know I need to repent. So God, would you, man, why would he forgive me? How could he? Like, he knows what I was just doing. He's not going to redeem. He's not going to forgive me. And then we don't. And then we don't pray. And I think for a lot of us, too, we say, man, I've been praying, and nothing's been happening. So don't tell me to keep praying. I've, been, I've, I've done that. I've done that. It's a closed door. So don't tell me to keep praying, man, because I've been praying, and God's not answered my prayer. And so all of this, all of this world that leads us to a place where we feel like, 
I don't really want to pray. I don't feel worthy to pray. I don't know how to, like, what do I even, what do I do? What do I do? And I believe as much as praise and thanksgiving is going to be the key to unlock our prayer, I believe that is true because I believe that praise and thanksgiving changes the aroma of our prayer. In Psalm 141, David says this, Psalm 141.2, he says, let my prayer be counted as incense before you in the lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Revelation 5.8 says this, and when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the four elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. I mean, we have made prayer about us, but think right now that in the heavenly courts, there are golden bowls in front of the 24 elders who, who all day long, they're throwing their crowns down at the feet of the Lamb of, of God, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and, and is to come. And up there in these golden bowls is an incense, a fragrant aroma that God seated and throned is, is breathing in, and it is your prayers. It's your prayers that you are offering right now when And there's an aroma to that incense. And when we enter prayer with words of praise and words of thanksgiving, it doesn't just change the aroma of the incense in heaven, it changes the aroma of our faith. Because prayer requires faith. I mean, you know that, but just remember that. When you feel like God doesn't see me justified because I was just in sin, you need faith to believe that. That's not true. That the word of God stands that he sees you through the cross, through the blood of Jesus, and redeemed. He doesn't see you as dirty and broken. He sees you as redeemed, restored, and justified. When you feel like, man, I don't know what to say, you've got to have faith that if I just start, maybe something good will come out. Let me at least try it. Prayer requires faith. When you feel like God's not listening, what do you need? Man, you need faith to believe that even though I don't have an answer yet, I have a God who listens and, and wants me to pray. I've got to activate my faith because, listen, if your prayer doesn't require faith, you're just ordering off a menu. If your prayer doesn't require any faith, you're just ordering off a menu. Where else do you go where somebody comes up to you and you tell them what you want and they're really nice to you and you're really nice to them and you have a pleasant time and then they bring you the thing you asked for? I mean, at a restaurant. But this is not the heart of prayer that that, that God is after in us. This is why often we have to labor in prayer because prayer for God is a relational connection, something that that intertwines us with him. And so when we feel the way that we feel about whatever it is, whatever it is for you, we've got to put our faith into this and then start with words of praise, words of thanksgiving so that it changes the aroma. Here's, Here's how it does that. When you, when you enter into prayer, not with God forgive me or uh, God restore me or God I, I just I need that promotion or just God help me. And again, listen, I think 45 of the Psalms start with God help me. So I'm not saying that it's wrong to start there. I'm saying if you need to unlock your prayer life, if you want this to be something that flourishes for you, this is a way that it can happen. Praise and thanksgiving, it changes our posture. 
It changes our posture because, come on, somebody, gratitude changes the attitude. Hello. Okay. It does, though, right? Gratitude, it changes your attitude towards God. And when you start not with God, I need, but you start with just simple words. God, thank you for this day. God, thank you for the breath in my lungs. God, thank you for whatever job I have or whatever food I have or whatever clothes I have or whatever good things I have or just thank you for the trees. It changes your attitude. It changes your attitude. It draws out humility from you because you begin to say like, God, that I have breath, that's you. I can't even make myself rise in the morning. That I have any good thing, God, it's you and it changes our posture. It changes our posture. And then we get to a point in our prayer where we're just enjoying, we're just enjoying God. And you're saying, thank you, God. I'm just so grateful, Lord, for you. God, I thank you for Christ and him crucified on the cross. God, I thank you, God, that you would love a sinner like me. God, I thank you. And you feel in the atmosphere of your prayer a change. It changes the posture with which you approach the throne of grace. But it also changes your focus. Because when we lead with words of praise and words of thanksgiving, we begin not to talk about us, but begin to talk about God. And our words then become words about God, not words about us. So it changes our focus off of whatever crisis I'm in, whatever guilt I feel, whatever shame I feel, whatever insecurity I feel, whatever, whatever, whatever I feel. We get our eyes off of that. We, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? Not from down here. It comes from God Almighty, God of heaven and earth changes our focus. And then when our focus is on God, we can then pray the will of God. And maybe this is why in the Lord's prayer, Jesus starts with what words? Our Father in, in, in heaven, holy is your name. Hallowed be thy name. Because I think even Jesus knows before he can pray the will of God, he needs to give praise to God. And Jesus teaches us, start by looking to your father who loves you, this relational uh, a being who desires you and sees you as a son who is seated not in earth, not in the issues of earth, but up in heaven. And tell him he's holy. Tell him he's holy. And then, and then pray, let your will be done here, God, as it's done, as it's done there. Praise changes the aroma of our prayer. And David teaches us through the Psalms, I think, as I've looked at them, that it will unlock our prayer because it changes the attitude and the atmosphere around our prayer. So what do we praise and thank God for? In all of scripture, you always see two things. You always see, and especially in the Psalms, you always see two things. We give thanks to God for his character, who he is, and we give thanks to God for his actions, what he has done. Take a look back at Psalm 138, and I want to show you how David pulls this out in Psalm 138. First two verses. I give thanks to you, God, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your, for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Two character traits of God. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness. This word for steadfast love, it's a Hebrew word. It's the Hebrew word chesed. You gotta do the throat clearing thing on this word. I, those are my favorite Hebrew words. I don't know much, but I know the ones where you go chesed, chesed. You see it used over 245 times in the Hebrew Bible. Half of those times, we're back in stats class. Wake up everybody. 127 of those times, half of those times, 
It's used in the book of Psalms. If you look at Psalm 136, every other line says we give uh, something, uh, for your steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. For his steadfast love endures forever. The word chesed is translated many ways. You might have it in your Bible as loving kindness. You might have it as loyal love. You might have it as I do, as steadfast love. And all of those words are, are, are they're okay. They're pretty good. But this word is so deep because for us, we understand love to be something tied to our feelings, tied to our emotions, tied to like romance. And, and we have one word love for every usage. I love uh, Chick-fil-A. I love the Mandalorian. I love Michelle. If I love Chick-fil-A the same way that I love my wife, I got a problem. Am I right? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? But what word do I use? Love. I use love for all of it. So we've mutilated this word. We've romanticized it to, to be an affectionate, only in this sense of like romance, when we use it in relationship. And otherwise, it just means, I mean, I like it. I enjoy it. I, it's good. But in the Bible, we see this word chesed. And when we see it, in context, we understand profoundly what it means. It's this, it's this tying together of love plus commitment. It is, it, is, it is action that I do that seeks the well-being of another person regardless of how they respond to me. Love is an action that I do. It's not a feeling that I feel. Love is a choice. It is a decision that I make based on a promise and a commitment regardless of how you respond, regardless of how you treat me, and regardless of how I feel, often in spite of how I feel. I have chosen to love. And we see God in Exodus 34 describe himself, the Lord, the Lord your God is gracious, merciful, compassionate, full, a patient, and full of, full of chesed full of steadfast love. And do you know what is happening in Exodus 34? Moses is on the mountaintop receiving the Ten Commandments, and the nation of Israel is worshiping golden calves, betraying the covenant of the God that just rescued them from Egypt. And Moses is with God, and God is saying, I'm a God of loyal love. I'm a God of chesed. I'm a God of chesed. And even though... Justice will be done. I mean, God is still, he's the God of justice. But what it says is he will, he will execute judgment to the third and the fourth generation, but he maintains loyal love for thousands of generations. This is a God who loves you, not because of what you've done, often in spite of what you've done. This is a God who loves you because he said so. And nothing you can do is gonna change that from him. He is a God of steadfast, loyal, committed, unbreakable love. And David teaches us, when I give you thanks, oh God, I give you thanks for your chesed. Because what does God sign up for when he signs up for a lifetime of steadfast love? He signs up for a lifetime of forgiveness. How many of you in your marriage know that when I sign up for a lifetime of committed, vowed love to my wife and she to me, it is not a commitment saying every day I will feel lovey-dovey towards you and every day I will even like you. Just be honest. Like that's, 
Just be honest. In marriage, sometimes there's days you just don't get along. But that never changes the commitment of love I have made to her. So what does that mean? I have signed up for a lifetime of forgiving her, and she has signed up for a lifetime of forgiving me twice as much. So we thank God. Yeah, you guys, yeah, got to give my wife a shout out, okay? I'm making her like a bad guy. No, she's, she is patient and kind. So when you feel like, I don't know what to say. I don't know, God, if you're even listening. I don't even feel worthy to approach you. Let the key to unlock your prayer be words of thanksgiving and praise for God's character, his chesed, his loyal love towards you. What's the other thing? The other thing is this, God's deeds, what he has done. In Psalm 138, David says this, says this on the day I called, you answered me, and my strength of soul increased. So he remembers the testimony of a time before. And when we enter into prayer, let's remember a testimony of a time before. When I prayed and I called and I cried and God, you answered me. And the strength of my soul had increased. And when I felt weak, now I felt strong again. Psalm 138.7, though I'm walking through the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. God, you stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies. In your right hand, it delivers me. David is calling to remembrance the times that God has been faithful to him. Faithful to answer his prayers. Faithful to provide for him. Faithful to protect him. He's looking back over the course of his life and he's calling into this moment, God, I remember when you did answer my prayer. I remember, God, when you saved me. I remember, God, how I felt when I gave my life to you. I remember. I remember, God. And as I pray today for whatever my, what is burdening my heart, God, I don't pray out of how I feel now, but I remember God, I stand on the foundation stone that you have laid in my life, and I remember that. Because, God, that is who you are to me. And though I feel weak, and though I feel at the end of myself, and though I feel like, like, like I don't even know if it's going to happen, God, I remember who you are and what you've done for me. I remember your loyal love. And I look back at that, and I pull the faith I need now from that. And I pray with that faith now. Because I remember, God, you are a God who has answered my prayer. You are a God who has increased the strength of my soul. And when the world was coming down against me, God, I remember that, Lord, you extended a hand of grace to me. And you thought me worth redeeming. You thought me worth saving. You thought me to be of enough value that you would restore me to righteousness before your eyes. And God, day by day, I betray you. And yet, God, your steadfast love keeps you with me. How are you not about to pray after that? How are you not about to want to approach the throne of grace after that? So if you don't know where to start, let praise and thanksgiving be the key that unlocks your prayer. Let it change the aroma that comes off your incense as you offer it to God. Reflect and remember on the characteristics of God. Has he been faithful to you? Has he been generous to you? Has he been merciful to you? Has he been kind to you? Remember what he's done. Look back over the history of your life. And listen, if you feel like, I looked at my life, my life is a wreck, and I don't see God in it. So how are you going to tell me to give thanks or praise God when I look back at the wreckage of my life, I'm supposed to praise him for that? Listen, I, I get that. I, I get that. I understand that we all in our past have wreckage. 
But God has revealed himself to us through a man named Jesus that was fully God and fully man. He came to live on this earth a sinless life. He asserted his authority as a, uh, as a man filled with God, a full man, full God, by miracle signs and wonders and the casting out of demons. He proved himself God by living a spotless life by which death could not hold him. He proved himself a man greater than all other men through all history because as we go through temptation, we succumb. Yet he goes to the desert for 40 days. He doesn't give in to the enemy who's tempting him to break this covenant oath because he can't. And we serve a God, this guy Jesus, who goes to a cross and his life is given for yours. That happened in your past. And if it's one thing that you've got to look back over the history of your life, let it be that. Let it be the steadfast, loyal love of God revealed to us through Christ on a cross. That's what we preach, Christ and him crucified. And then as he raises himself from the death through the resurrection, he gives us that same resurrection power. He fills us with the Holy Spirit so that from here on forward, we can walk in paths of righteousness for his namesake. If you've got nothing else in the history of your life to thank God for, thank him for that. Thank him for that. And maybe even tonight, Spirit of God is moving that you might make a decision for that, that you might succumb to that, that you might just give in, that you might just give in and say, as I look back, everything that I've done in my strength and power has led to ruin, but God, you, you have chosen to redeem that in me. And if I accept the free gift of grace, that's a place to start. That's a place to start. If that's you, let me just close right there. If that's you tonight, we're gonna put a button in the chat. If you're on Church Online, you can click that, raise your hand, and then click the next button that comes up that says connect with us. We'll reach out. We wanna start this, this journey with you. If you're watching on YouTube or another platform later in the week, just text the word new life to 25827. Again, we wanna come alongside you in this journey and grow with you and walk with you and be with you because the road ahead is tough. But by the grace of God, it's made, it's made easy. What does King David teach us? What does King David teach us through the Psalms? He teaches us that words of praise and thanksgiving are a key that unlock our prayer lives because it changes, it changes the atmosphere around our prayer. We can thank God for his character because it doesn't change. And we can thank God for what he's done for us in our lives. Amen? Amen. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray for us and close, and then I'm going to jump on a prayer call. There's a Zoom link. They're going to throw in the chat. If you need it, you can just ask for it. I think it's on our website as well. So if you're watching on YouTube, go over to gracecove.org. Find our masterclass prayer. There should be a Zoom link there. Join us in about maybe like five minutes. We're going to pray together, and we're going to give thanks to God for who he is, and we're going to praise him for what he's done. Let me pray for you. Lord God, we thank you. God, we thank you because you are a God of unfailing love. You are a God who is faithful. You are a God who is mighty to save. You are a God who is generous. You are a God who is, who is kind and loving, full of grace and compassion. God, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, God. Father, I honor you. We honor you today as we look back on the testimonies of our lives. We give you praise. We glorify your name, O oh Lord. Because you have come to redeem a people that have, that have given you nothing. Yet out of your commitment to love us, God, you have drawn near. And as such, we can draw near to you, God. Holy are you, Father.
holy are you, God. For all of those who made a decision for Christ, would you just join me now in this moment? Would you just pray this prayer to God? Father God, forgive me for running from you, but I thank you, God, for extending your hand of grace to me. Lord, I want to follow you with my whole life. But Jesus, as my Lord, I commit my life to you because of your loving kindness and unfailing love. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, we got a prayer to call to get to. You got intimacy to deepen in your relationship with God. So I'll see you in just a couple minutes on Zoom to pray together. This has been your class, master class, class dismissed.